Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of Malachim Bet, the second book of Kings. We are about to read chapter 13. Chapter 13, we, um, we uh, change our focus, because in the last chapter we were with Yoash, and the king of Judah, of Yehuda, and we discussed his kingship and how it... Um, Started off in a beautiful way, rescued the the Beit David, rescued the um, the house of David, and then uh, unfortunately had a difficult and tragic end. But now we are going to um, turn our focus back to the northern kingdom, to the kingdom of Israel. So Vishnat Esrim Vishaloshana, you know, as usual, the pattern, as you've noticed until now, is bouncing back and forth from one king to the other. And in the first verse, it gives us a reference point so that we can match up the two. So we know what's going on here while the other thing is going on there. Just a, a, a point to mention, uh, it's important for us to realize that it's deliberately done this way, obviously, in order to help us understand that the two are attached. That the Navi writing the Book of Kings wants us to get the message that even though they're two kingdoms, they're all part of Kal Yisrael. They're all part of the overall nation of Israel. Anyway, Bishnat um, in the 23rd year <coughs> of Yoash, the son of Ahaz Yahu, the king of Yehuda, Malach Yeho Ahaz, the king Yeho Ahaz ben Yehu, the son of Yehu, right? We learned about Yehu when we st- last studied. Um, he had um, rebelled against the house of Ahab, the house of Ahab. And established a new dynasty. So his son, Yehoahaz, became the king of Israel over Israel, Bishomron, in Samaria, Shiva Esrei for 17 years. And as, again, according to the regular pattern, it tells us a short word about him, uh, whether he was good or bad. And unfortunately, with the kings of the north, it's virtually always bad. And the kings of the south, sometimes we have a little good, a lot of bad, but back and forth. But Vayas Harab Eine Adonai. He did evil. He did bad stuff in the eyes of God. What was the bad thing that he did? He continued in the path of the sins of Yeravam, of Jeroboam, the son of Nevat, the first one, the first king of Israel. He continued in that path, Israel, that he caused the people of Israel to sin. And remember, his, his, the sin of Yeravam ben Nevat is a reference to the the temples that he set up, which were actually temples to God, but they were temples with the golden calves and um, not allowing the Jewish people to, to, uh, to uh, go to the southern kingdom, to Jerusalem, to be united under the worship of God in the one temple. So he did not uh, veer from that path. So Yoachaz continued on this path of, 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 of straying from God. And uh, God became angry with the people of Israel, and he placed them in the hands of Chazoel. Remember, Chazoel was the king who was appointed, actually, by Elisha, the king of Melech Aram, the king over Aram, a, a, um, a key enemy here, the one who, who attacked the northern kingdom and, to a large degree, uh, led to the demise and the end of Achav, of the house of Ahab. Um, or actually the house of Omri, the father of Ahab, of Ahav. 
And Chazal was still around at this time, and he um, was, was causing a lot of suffering to the people of the Northern Kingdom. Um, and then after Chazal left, his son left the scene. His son, Ben Hadad, uh, continued this campaign against the Northern Kingdom and caused a lot of suffering. This next verse is, is an interesting one because we presented Yehoahaz as an evil person as a bad person, a person who followed the paths of Yeravam. But Yehoahaz uh, begged or pleaded in front of God. Okay, so this is clear. This is very reminiscent of the language of Vayichal Moshe, of, the, of Moshe pleading with the people of Israel. And it's deliberately using, because it also says there, at Pnei Hashem, which literally would translate before the face of God, which is a figurative way of saying before God. So this language is deliberately chosen to have Yehoahaz praying to God in the same way that Moses, Moshe, was praying to God. Now, the, the difference between Yehoahaz and Moshe is vast, to say the least. Moshe being one of the greatest leaders and prophets, or the greatest prophet of all time, and uh, certainly uh, a, a person who would be an example of, of righteousness. And Yehoahaz, who we just introduced as the opposite end of the spectrum, as an evil idol worshiper now the um however it's deliberate and it's for a reason if you remember uh, that the e episode where this language was used in the torah for moshe was after the sin of the golden calf right and god was angry with the people we just pointed out over here that Yehoahaz was guilty of the sin of a sin of a golden calf hundreds of years later but again still worshiping a golden calf now um and then the people started to suffer. And then we had Vayichal Moshe. So Yehoahaz is taking a page out of the same playbook. Interestingly here, Vayishma Elov Adonai, and God listened to him. Ki because he saw the suffering. Ki I'm sorry, Lachatz Yisrael, the suffering of the people of Israel, Ki Osam Melech because the king of Aram had made them suffer so much. So, God, the, so the, the, the traditional and the ba understanding of this verse is that God listened to him because God saw how the people of Israel were suffering, which leads to a lot of questions because there's so many times where God make, allows the people to suffer or causes the people to suffer or, you know, because of the sins, right? And over here again. But all of a sudden, Yehoahaz prays and God listens. So... One way of looking at this is to show that even an evil person can turn to God in prayer. I wanted to point out something over here, which is, I think is, is um, uh, an example of, of, of leadership. And um, the, um, the, 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 of what leadership really is. And I'm going to translate this verse slightly differently. Uh, and and it, it ch changes the meaning completely. And, uh, you know, it's, it veers a little bit from the m almost every translator, but I'm going to go with it anyway. So here goes. Yehochaz beseeched or pleaded before God. And God listened to him. Because he saw the suffering at Lachatz Yisrael, the suffering of Israel. This he... Isn't he with a capital H saw the Lachat Yisrael re reference to God seeing the suffering of Israel? 
But God listened to him because he, Yehoahaz, the king, saw the suffering of Israel. Which is coming to say that because Yehoahaz demonstrated this part, kind of leadership, despite his being overall a person who was uh, bad in the eyes of the prophet, a person who practiced things that were blasphemous and terrible in many ways, which ended up bringing about tremendous suffering to the people of Israel. However, Yehoahaz prayed to God on behalf of the people because he saw that his people were suffering. In other words, if you have a leader who is not a narcissist, a leader who is not thinking about his own glory and his own greatness and his own victory, but rather he's thinking about the people, the people that he is responsible for, the people that he is supposed to lead, and he prays to God because he feels their pain and their suffering, that's why God listened. And this makes a, a tremendous... Uh, the, the impression we get from this is a completely different one. The lesson learned from here is, is that no matter, a leader may not be the greatest person in the world. He may have a lot of personal flaws. But as if he leads in a selfish way, if he leads for himself, God is not interested in helping him out. But if he or she leads in a selfless way, in a way that he's concerned and cares about the people that he is responsible for, that's when Vaishmael of Hashem, that's when God will listen. I thought of this understanding when I was reading this past Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and the High Holidays. There is a short little poem, a prayer that we say um, during Musaf, during the uh, during the services on the High Holidays and Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and it's a, a small poem and it's become a little bit a popular one because there's uh, various songs written to it, but it's a song that come that's really written. Uh, to reflect this verse, this verse and the verse of Moshe, the verse where Moshe Rabbeinu is by Chal Moshe as Pnei Hashem. So the, 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 the prayer is, Ochila la'el, right? I, I will beseech God, and it deliberately chooses this word, Ochila, right? Vayichal, which is the same root. It's, it's drawing on this verse, and of course this is during the prayer in synagogue. Esh mimenu, right? Achal ponav, and then again it says, Achala, I will... Uh, Beseech his face, as Panav. Remember, this is going on this verse, at Pnei Hashem. This is clearly paraphrasing this verse. I'm going to skip one line of the poem just because it's uh, not relevant to uh, what I'm, the point I'm trying to make. And it continues, Asher Bikahal Am Ashir Uzo, because I will sing about his strength, Bikahal Am, in the congregation, in the entire nation, among the people, Abi Arin Anos, I will speak prayers, Be'ad Mifalav, on behalf of of God's creations. So in other words, what we're saying when we say this prayer on, on the High Holidays is, 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 is really explaining this verse which we just read. And that is, is that as long as when we pray before God, we're praying ba'ad mifalav on behalf of his creations, not on behalf of ourselves, that's the kind of prayer that God will listen to. And I, I do believe that that prayer, I mean, it's clearly obvious. This is not, um, uh, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to be a, you know, a, a, a poetry analyst to to, to uh, appreciate that this poem is is built upon this verse. That's obvious. However, the the fact that it's bringing about this lesson, that I'm praying ba'ad love, I'm praying on behalf of the people, the people that I'm responsible for, instead of in a selfish way for my own needs. It is clearly brought out in the way I translated the verse. Vayitain, I'm going to continue. 
Verse 5, Vayitain Adonai Yisrael Moshiach, and God gave to the people of Israel a Savior. Aram, and they were able to be saved from under the, the, the domination of Aram. And the people of Israel were able to live and reside in their tents. I'm sorry, like they used to before, <coughs> before they were suffering. Now, who, it is, who is this Savior? It would seem, that most of the commentaries understand that the Savior is, is his son, Yehoahaz, because we're going to learn later in this chapter that Yehoahaz's son managed to defeat the, um, the Arameans. Uh, so that, that would be one way of understanding it. Uh, from the context, it sounds like someone led the people um, uh, uh, during the time of Yehoahaz, during the life of Yehoahaz, who that was. I guess it, it sounds like it might, it might just be irrelevant, whoever that general was. Someone who saved them. And from the context, it makes sense because, you know, they, they, it's not because they were righteous or good people, but God felt that it was worthwhile to save them because of the quality of the leadership of Yoachaz. Despite his evil, he was at a leader who cared about his people. Achlo Soru, however, despite this, they still didn't turn away from the sins of the house of Jeroboam. The way Jeroboam made the people of Israel sin and turn away from God in the same path Yoachaz went. And not only that, he even put up an Asherah tree, or you know, an Asherah in Shomron, in the capital of Samaria. The Asherah is a generally understood to, it's somehow a reference to a, 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 a tree. It's generally considered the consort or the, the uh, uh, of, of Baal, right? So there was the Baal was the, was the male counterpart and Asherah is the female counterpart. However, there is a lot of archaeological evidence that at least in Israel, Asherah was worshipped as some, some sort of consort of God himself. Obviously, uh, this is not something that the Torah endorses by any any stretch of the imagination of obviously this is terror the Torah con- condemns it unequivocally but it was still a belief that Asherah was somehow uh, a, a consort of, of God it's, it's, it seems to be from a lot of archaeological evidence that this is the case in which case you, one will see Yehoahaz not necessarily as someone that was unfaithful to God but someone who certainly did not understand the most basic concept of monotheism or at least didn't want to or didn't didn't practice that way and didn't um, and and led the people down this bad path. And despite the fact that the people, if we understand that the deliverer of Israel was Yehoash, this next verse would be understood as follows: uh, the next verse seven, Kilo am because there wasn't any of uh, army left to Yehoahaz kim chamishim parashim. All he had left after fighting with Chazal was fifty uh, chariots, vasara rechev, and ten riders. Uh, and only 10,000 foot soldiers. Because the king of Aram had destroyed so many. And he just trampled on them like, like dirt to be trampled upon. Um, so, if we so if we understand the Moshiach, the Savior, as being Yehoahaz's son, then we, when we understand what happened is Chazael destroyed and made the people of uh, of, of the northern kingdom under the leadership of Yehoahaz suffered so much. Yehoahaz's army was devastated so that he had hardly anything left. And later, and read verse 8, V'yesa divri Yehoahaz, and the rest of the words of Yehoahaz, in other words, the happenings that occurred to Yehoahaz, B'chol and all the things that he did, U'guraso, and his might, Elohim, K'suvim al-sefer divri Yom al If you want to read his history, go read the history book, 
the annals are the chronicles of the kings of Israel. Yoachaz laid with his forefathers, in other words, he passed on. He was buried in Samaria. His son became king. So this now we have a Yoash, who's the king of the northern kingdom, uh, who's a different Yoash than the Yoash that, that we learned about, who was the king of the southern kingdom. And as we've seen, they were very closely uh, related, uh, and the names kind of bounce back and forth and often confuse us. Like we saw with the Horam and other names that were that bounced back and forth. However, another way of understanding these last few verses is that the Moshia, that the victory may have occurred in Yehoahaz's time. There were further victories later, which we'll read about between Yoash. And then what Yehoahaz would have been left with was after his victory, and after the people went and were able to rest, he had lost almost all of his soldiers. In other words, the king of Aram had knocked them out, but they still had just a little bit left. That would be another way of understanding it. But regardless, this would be the end of Yehoahaz's career. And it's interesting because Yehoahaz is going to pop up again soon. So it's odd that it puts in Yehoahaz's death if later on we're going to back up and talk about more events that occurred during his life. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's various explanations of this. The simplest understanding is 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 just that um, that's just just the way of the writing of the, the prophet wrote this. Just for whatever reason, the flow we wanted to mention the end of the death of Yoachaz and and mention how his armies were devastated, his leadership was devastated because of the evil path that he chose. But nonetheless, God still preserved the Jewish people because of his prayer and because the king had concern. So that's one of the things that. Uh, the main thing I want to point out is we learn a lot about what quality leadership is and that God will help a leader who is selfless, who works for his people. We're going to learn a little bit more about what kind of qualities are desired of a leader farther on in this chapter as we continue to read chapter 13. Thank you so much for studying this part of chapter 13 together. Looking forward to continuing chapter 13, continuing the second book of Kings. Have a wonderful day.